Red on Red. This week on the podcast, we're joined by Quiet Lights Festival head Jonathan Pearson, ahead of the festival's second go-round in Cork City this November.
Anamika Bishop with Oriac and Elaine Malone with Mindless. Two of the artists performing at this year's Quiet Lights Festival happening November 22nd to 24th at venues around Cork City. This is Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast dropping every Wednesday evening via Cork's Red FM and redextra.ie. We're also available on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify and wherever else you listen. My name is Mike McGrath, Brian, and this week we're joined on the phone by musician, promoter, artist manager and Quiet Lights Festival coordinator, Jonathan Pearson. Johnny, thanks a million for joining us on a really busy evening for yourself. You're keeping a lot of things in the air. Yeah, thanks a million for having me, Mike. Yeah, I'm in, um, I'm in Dundalk doing uh, a new opera with Crash Ensemble, who I manage at the moment. So we're, we're on a whip around tour of the country. So I'm currently on, in my car on the main street in Dundalk. So thanks a million for for fitting this in today. Thanks a million for showing us the patience at short notice. Uh, Quiet Lights 2 has just been announced in the last couple of weeks for the latter stages of November of this year. Uh, Gigs happening at venues around the city, including the Roundy, St. Peter's, and a whole bunch more. For more information, you can check out quietlights.net. Jonathan, how have you found the announcement thus far? How have you found the reaction and the response to the lineup? Yeah, really good, man. Um, I was a bit... I was a bit nervous because when it happened last year, it was it was a beautiful little thing, and people didn't know if it was going to happen again. And I've been beavering away at it all all year, um, and I'm delighted with how it's gone, particularly because I, for the first time, I brought in kind of non-Irish acts as well. So it's, I, I after I did the first one, I was like, I don't want it to get any bigger, but it has gotten a bit bigger this year. But it's still manageable. I don't see it getting much bigger than this. Um, but bringing in kind of more established far uh, acts. From, from other countries is, is something that I wanted to do and I'm delighted with how it's been received so far so yeah I know it's really good tickets are flying out the door already and the vibe has been the vibe's been really great actually so I'm excited for it Last year's vibe was beautiful and you certainly have succeeded in bringing in those bigger international names we'll have a rundown of the festival lineup a little bit later on but it's interesting that you bring up your trepidation regarding uh, the success of last year and how to follow up with that because, you know, the vibe was beautiful up and down last year. You know, you were taking on a couple of different venues as well uh, that hadn't really been included as part of the festival lineup, so to speak, in Cork City. Maybe talk to us a little bit about what the process of that first weekend was like for you as a showrunner, keeping all the things in the air as you're naturally want to do, you know, multitasking, how you were dealing with the reception on the ground, guests like Jeff Travis coming into town from Rough Trade to take a look at what was happening in the city. Talk to us a little bit about all this. Yeah, so my main thing really was that I brought in the chapel from Griffith College. That was the thing last year. Um, I think some of the people kind of went to some of the shows up there just to kind of suss out the venue. Uh, using it again this year for two gigs but that was the headline show last year was the Katie Kim and Rady Pete collaboration um, which was in the chapel so that was the main thing because I didn't know how music would sound there I didn't know uh, you know I obviously hired in a good sound system and sound engineer but I, I it, it, it's an unknown that you can't really um, that you can't really mitigate for but it went well and then multitasking obviously at that stage once it's actually up and running you kind of just you can't just go with the flow, really, you know. I had a massive, uh, I had a brilliant uh, team. There's a, myself, I, there was me and there's Louise Barker from the very start. She does all the marketing and PR and so much more than that. Last year, I had Keelan and Ashling uh, from Quarter Block Party helping me as well. So it was pretty, it was pretty brilliant. In terms then of the main takeaways from the weekend, once you kind of had time to sit down and digest it all, so to speak, kind of what were your main takeaways and lessons learned from the weekend, uh, just regarding how it had been taken in, what 
the people of Cork responded to? Yeah, so, I mean, the main thing was that I wanted to see people at all the gigs. I had done, obviously, for these things, you have to make sure that, that things are budgeted correctly. And if, if Quiet Lights didn't go well last year, it would have been a big, like, hole. But the fact that it did, I mean, it broke even just about, well, it didn't really break even, but no festival does in first year. So, uh, we kind of, I wanted to break even and for there to be a vibe around the city for the weekend, the people at all the shows. That happened, which is great. Um, and the only takeaways that I got is that this year I wanted to make more free events um, because there was very little free events last year. And But it's very, such so difficult because you need to pay the artists a fair, a fair fee for, for, for their work. And so when you're not getting any ticket income, just trying to make more free events. Now, I haven't re- really managed to do that in the music side of things yet, but I am n- announcing a new um, strand to the festival in the next two weeks, which Ooh. is a conversation strand, which will have podcasts and discussions and a few workshops, and they'll all be free. An excellent addition also to the landscape regarding the podcast festivals and other live events pertaining to podcasts happening in Cork City at the moment. So stay tuned to Quiet Lights on social media for more information in that respect. You know, you mentioned the difficulties of breaking even and it's a story that, you know, too often can't really be told um, in terms of, you know, promoters and former promoters talking about their experiences and the... Yeah. And, and the day-to-day. But I noticed that you have support this year at the footer of the website and on a bit of the promotional mm-hmm. literature uh, from the likes of the Cork City Council Arts Office and the Arts Council of Ireland. Maybe talk to us a little bit and maybe demystify for those of us that aren't aware the process of arts funding for festivals, um, especially for things that are kind of small and could be considered maybe kind of scalable going forward. Yeah, totally. Um, so basically, demystifying this both for festival organisers, promoters and musicians is something that I really, really want to do. And so, um, like, I'm delighted that this year, it hasn't been announced, it's going to be part of the conversations, but I'm delighted that this year there will be a workshop for artists on literally the A to Z of how to get um, funding for your work. Excellent. So there's going to be a workshop for that to try and demystify it. Now, you can see what Quiet Lights gets from the Arts Council and from Cork City Council. It's very, very small amounts. But it's enough so that I can put on... Um, so basically, it's the festival's uh, department of the Arts Council. You have to put in a big application. You need loads of letters of support. The venues of Cork, once again, totally come up trumps. I got letters of support from all of them. Um, and then you need to show them your programme. And it's a bit of a... It's a bit daft in lots of ways because you show... I, show, I Obviously, I asked for a lot more than I got. So I showed them my program which is like the blue sky program of what I'd want it to be yeah. and then of course you get you get a, a much lower amount I'm very happy with all the funding I get but uh, then you have to totally change the program so they're kind of funding it for something that they don't really see what the what, what, what it's about now I had a, I had the lowest amount you could get last year from the Arts Council which is just to show they kind of give something to show just to show a bit of faith and then if it works they'll give you a bit more this year so I got that and I also got the city council on board this year. Mainly, it's kind of like a just a thing that they 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 want to show that they're on board this year. And I I from what from again from working with Crash Ensemble and from doing different applications through Island or the company, uh, the parent company, quite like it. It is scalable in the fact that if you keep applying once you're in the system and the work you're doing is good, I think they give you slightly more every year. But of course, like slightly more from a very low base would mean that, you know, the, the lion's share of the funding for festivals anyway goes to 
you know, the big arts festivals, quite rightly, really, like, because that's where all the ambitious work is, and particularly theatre work, which is a lot, very expensive to put on. So that would be Galway, Kilkenny, Cork Midsummer, um, and the, the likes of those, they'd kind of be the three biggest ones, really, outside of Dublin, and the theatre festival, the Fringe Festival, all that kind of stuff. But I'm delighted to have gotten this because I think Quiet Lights offers something a bit different to the traditional folk festivals on the scene in Ireland in that it mixes a lot of genres. Music is becoming more and more genreless. Yeah. And I think that's reflected in the programme a bit this, this year because I have some stuff that's absolutely not folk or traditional music. I mean, I have people like Crevice who are an experimental sound art group, really. Um, they're indescribable, but that's probably the closest thing to it. But, but they don't feel out of place as well. So it just shows you that this is kind of a... I'd like quite like to be a little, little bit of a testing ground for, for younger kind of, kind of melding in genres, uh, style of music as opposed to folk and trap. We'll talk a little bit more about the lineup as a commentary of where folk and traditional musics are right now in Cork City in a little while. But first, we're going to go to some more tunes. Uh, earlier on, we heard from Anamika and Elaine Malone, and now we're going to go back to some more artists that are confirmed for the Quiet Lights Festival happening November 22nd to 24th around Cork City. We have Eve Clegg with In Needing Others. I really wanted to put on a show in Collins that had Two artists who are from West Cork, which is Eve Clegg and Mead Hulahan, and I'm delighted that I got them both on this double bill. So it's going to be the two of them. They're both from Canakilty, and they are two of the best musicians working in and around Cork at the moment. So to put them both in a legendary folk club, really, uh, for a double bill on the opening night is, is something pretty cool, and I'm delighted that they're both on board for it. Speak of the devil, we also have Mita Houlihan with Half of This Light, taken from her Shifting Gears EP, which is now available on Bandcamp and the like. Fantastic, that's great. Now that's going to be a really exciting gig. The two of them are going to be playing much bigger venues than Collins uh, in years to come, so it's, it's going to be pretty cool to see them both there. Get on to quietlights.net and see how you can find your ticket for a little piece of history. We're going to hear from Mita Houlihan in just a moment, but first, this is Eve Clegg with In Needing Others, here on Red on Red. Yeah. 
Gave me a chance You opened my eyes And buried my past 
Mita Houlihan with Half of This Light performing as part of Quiet Lights Festival the weekend of November 22nd to 24th at venues around Cork City including a special double headliner at Collins with Eve Clegg. This is Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast still joined over the blower from the main street of Dundalk in his car amid the height of busy season by Jonathan Pearson, the head of Quiet Lights Festival. Now, you mentioned earlier assembling a crew and having a great amount of people together to help you bring this across the line. And this year, in addition to the return of Louise Barker and other people that have been helping along, uh, you've assembled quite um, the crew of people to help you put this together this year. Yeah, totally. So Louise is my kind of partner in crime for all of the Islander stuff. She does PR for everything PR and marketing and so much more than those two things she does those two things for the for everything that Islander does for the company and then she also works a lot with Crash Ensemble who's, which is the ensemble that I work with she's an absolute powerhouse of a woman she absolutely um, is a force of nature she is she really is yeah and I, I'd say like even scheduling this with you today I know that she's doing all of the PR and marketing for Sands in the Safe Harbour this weekend I don't know how I don't know how she, she must have a few extra hours in the day in her pocket or something you, but, you have um, to there's, there's Louise and then this year I have Margie Cayley who is working on me he's working with me uh, with all Islander stuff so she's working uh, with me pretty heavily on the management of the Vagabond who I manage um, and also on um, on the Quiet Light stuff so she works with um, Body and Soul and she also works with me in Islander she's from Cork and she's kind of in between Cork and Dublin much like myself um, so the, and then I have who's done all the design, uh, which I'm very proud of. We actually we actually we're going to go for a whole new design this year. And then after we tested out loads of stuff, we were like, look, let's just slightly shift what it was last year because it, it got such a good um, it got such a good feedback on it last year. So that's Shane O'Neill, and he is from West Cork and currently living in Lisbon. He's an amazing graphic designer, an animator, and all this kind of mad stuff. So that's that's the core team really of. Quite lights, and then I'll guess. Um, I'm sure I'll rope in the usual suspects of Keelan and Ashling and all them to help me because we're we're kind of like a movable festival running uh, gang at this stage. You know, I've helped yeah. them out of water. They've helped me out of quite lights. It's just kind of a thing that we've done. So, and I know this is in safe hands with the two of them. So that's the crew mainly. Um, I don't think I'm missing out on anyone. That's definitely the main gang, uh, and. Uh, Margie's done a massive amount since she came on board about four or five months ago. Like it's been, I brought her on board when uh, you mentioned when Jeff and Jeanette from Rough Trade were over. They subsequently signed Ye Vagabonds and they Ye Vagabonds launched their album on, on River Lee, the folk imprint in March. I've had Margie working with Islander since then and it's been a massive help. So with a slightly bigger crew, it's easier to make the festival slightly bigger as well. Um, so that's that's kind of how it came about. I was about to ask you how the artist management stuff was going, and uh, you know, for Ye Vagabonds to have secured a spot on the label and to be working with, you know, such a team of people behind them to help them kind of get across, you know, cultural yeah. boundaries and touring boundaries, etc., is a massive success. Uh, maybe talk to us a little bit about, you know, how your experience of artist management has even changed in the last couple of years. Yeah, no, it totally has. Um, so it can be totally different for different acts. Uh, Ye Vagabonds would definitely be my main one alongside Amina, who are an Icelandic uh, group based in Reykjavik, um, who are incredible. So I, they, they're the ones that take up the most of my time. Um, 
Ye Vagabonds are, I think they're absolutely exceptional and I'd never really worked with the label before and Rough Trade have been incredible. I was only on the phone to them yesterday because the guys are hoping to go to the States in January and February for a whack of dates and just having the support that I just, I didn't even think of contacting anyone. We're just, we're just booking gigs ourselves like we've always done and then suddenly Jeff hears that they're going to the States and I've the Rough Trade's US uh, US person in over in Manhattan on the phone to me saying we'll make sure such and such agents are there at the New York show at the Chicago show so having the support of a label is amazing to be honest um, I know that it's helped the guys so like there's, there's two there's good things and bad things mainly good things in that it's definitely increased their, their profile and I found it a lot easier to get some gigs and booking agents outside of Ireland with that stamp of approval from Rough Trade um, then of course they, the lads own their first album so when they sell merch at gigs they take 100% home of the first album yeah. whereas they don't with the rough trade one so that is a trade-off but it's a trade-off worth making for sure um, it's something that I hadn't had experience with and that's, and that's amazing I just had a meeting with them today dear it's Turkey today so they're having a, a shindig tonight but here I am I'm in Dundalk outside Jerry Adams constituency office actually wait um, <laughs> and so I'm this is where I am so basically we, we had a meeting uh, yesterday to plan out the next few months that's what my management is with them it's quite hands on but then they can kind of do gigs anywhere it's just the two of them or the three of them whereas Amina then in Iceland there's four of them they're a bit older they've been on the scene for you know 15 years they only do a handful of shows a year but they're quite high profile shows like in November they're doing Paris Philharmonie uh, the National Theatre in Brittany and then they're doing like the concert hall the main concert house in um, in Berlin and that'll kind of be it so they kind of they gig a handful of times a year but they'd all be quite big so that's totally different to you Vagabond who will play they're playing the National Concert Hall in October yeah. but they're also going to be playing Levis's in Valley Hop in November you know what I mean yeah. it's, it's that kind of vibe um, whereas Amina then it's totally different and then Crash is totally different and all that so it's it's tough and you only get a percent like I'm lucky like the the like being an artist manager is a difficult thing to make work financially because your artist needs to be turning over a certain amount before you can get any I think a lot of people who there's way there's way more amazing artists than there is managers so that's why so many incredible artists don't have managers and they don't really need managers really you need to book an agent before you need a manager and then it gets to a certain amount of time where you literally need someone to be handling your admin and your strategy. And that's where it goes from there. So I'd say artists to do it themselves for the first few years until you can't. Um, but that's the Islander management side of things. I also work with another Icelandic band called Aya, who are on Bedroom Community, a record label. And I work a lot with Cuivina Raila as well, the fiddle player in the gloaming of this that we fly. In terms then of... In terms of working with your Icelandic artists in particular, uh, is the process of like distributed management and distributed teamwork working together online or in online spaces, um, how does that kind of affect the daily relationship or the, the feel, so to speak, of a, devel- of a project growing in front of you? Yeah, well, Facebook Messenger. Like, I chat to all my bands on Facebook Messenger every single day, really. Um, it would be very rare when the day go by where there wouldn't be at least a thing being like, oh, can you sign this or... Are you guys free to do that or whatever? It's, you know, normally it's just we do have email threads and all that for the wider strategy, but it's a Facebook chat um, with all of them. Um, I go to Iceland a lot, and I have a very good reputation um, with, uh, relationship with um, Iceland Music Export, which would be the equivalent to like Culture Ireland or something. 
um, on all of their funding applications as well are in English now, so I can actually do them, which is amazing. Um, and yeah, no, it works. It works to be honest. Um, I go over there about four four times a year. Uh, one of my very good friends from McCroom, Colm O'Hurley, he lives out there. He runs a music publishing company out there who work with both bands. Um, so it, it's quite it's it's quite easy actually. Um, like most managers live in London, you know. So even if they manage artists from all over the world, like Figueroa's management lives in London, and they live in like Reykjavik, LA, New York. They live all over the place. So it's 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 just it's the modern workplace, really. It can all be done online to a certain extent. The, it's it's crazy how much more you can get done when it's face to face, meeting in a cafe in Reykjavik, or like I'll go to Paris and Berlin with the two of them for those two gigs, or with the four of them for those two gigs because it's a chance to sit down see them live this will probably be their last shows before their next album which they have to write and record you know so they won't be doing much next year so it's it's just a it's constantly moving parts but it's totally fine to do most of it online and sure their english is amazing it's much better than mine (laughs) so the communication is definitely up in that respect uh we'll come back now from the music industry rabbit hole because we could be there all day talking about different aspects of the musician condition And let's bring it back to Quiet Lights Festival. And and one of the things that's been picked up on about the lineup that's been announced so far is that the festival has maintained um, a 50-50, almost over 50-50 gender parity in its bookings. And this has been a hot-button topic for festival programmers for the last couple of years, making sure that representation is there along the lines of gender, along the lines of sexual orientation, etc. And the festival has come in for ample praise this year. Um, for how even-handed the booking has come together. Maybe talk to us a little bit about programming in 2019 and addressing the new normal. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I, I, it wasn't an overly conscious decision, to be honest. It just, that's what I wanted to book and kind of shows you how easy it is. I mean, I'm not, I don't, don't think it deserves, necessarily deserves praise for it. That's the program I wanted to book. And that's, that's the, that's, I mean, it's great that that's the case, but it just shows you that it's not it's not a difficult thing to do it's kind of weird actually that it has that it's taken so long to happen because it really isn't difficult at all to do um there is i mean if you look at it everybody there is white that's one thing that i wanted to change that i couldn't do here a few people uh schedules were clashing i would have loved to have gotten some traditional music from somewhere else i still might get one or two over the line but the program is pretty much set but that's a glaring thing to me you know like that's a, i think that is something that needs to be that needs to be fixed alongside the the gender parity but i mean if you look at all those artists there there's nobody who i'd remove and if i mean i'm delighted that it's getting praised but i don't think it's um it wasn't done it wasn't done saying oh we need to get 50 50 it was done because these are the people who i wanted to book also as we mentioned earlier you know like you said the lines between trad folk and other genres may be a lot more fluid than they would have been even a couple of years ago and we were mentioning you know bands like crevice or artists like elaine malone who have different aspects of their creative process that wouldn't necessarily be readily recognizable as folk even though that they'd have like roots or connections to the genre's continued evolution uh, when you look up and down the lineup the intentions of a trad festival are very definitely there, but they are progressing in all manner of different directions. And that's a credit to yourself as a booker. But talk to us a little bit about, you know, where you feel as a programmer, as a booker, etc. Kind of where folk and traditional music are at right now, because as you were saying earlier, uh, it's kind of in a post-genre place. Yeah, totally. It, 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 it is. I think it, I, I don't come from a 
folk and traditional music background or anything. Mm. Um, and so I'm very much booking him as, as just a listener as opposed to whether it's the right or wrong thing to do. I mean, I want to, I've been, I've honestly wanted to have Lancome on the lineup because I, I was going to do quite like, like two years, one, three years where I've always wanted Lancome. So to have them on, um, in association with, uh, St. Luke's is, is incredible. Like, I'm so, so happy to have Lancome do their, new show for their new album in St. Luke's as part of the festival. I was with them yesterday and um, Eve Agabon's run a run a, a session every Monday, a folk session in Walsh's Bob and Tony Batter in Dublin and all of Lancome were there. And um, so they basically, that kind of session yesterday showed me how intertwined the whole scene is in that Eve Agabon's lads were there, Lancome were there, uh, Maria Ryan and Lucia who were in the Cork uh, band Strung, who are a folk band where, which is two fiddles, a cello and piano player. They were there last year. Band. Like, they're amazing. Uh, they were at the session. Um, John Francis Flynn, who's an amazing singer-songwriter, he'll be playing with Junior Brother and with Langton. He's a brilliant um, um, flute player as well. He was there and it was kind of looking at all this kind of going, this is mad that, it, you know, that they're all in this one place. The head of traditional art and the art in the Arts Council was there watching it, having a pint. And it's kind of going, this is mad. It shows you how small it is that they were all in this one small pub in a, in a North Dublin suburb. But that's that's the strength of it because they all play off each other. Lisa O'Neill runs a session there on a Sunday night. Um, and they all have completely different um, ideas of what folk and trad music is. Like the Eve Agavon's lads and the Lancome guys are academic. Like they know so much about old tunes and interpretations and this, that and the other. And then you have other um, folk acts who are distinctly Irish but who sound nothing like each other. Like if you listen to Anamika, who you played earlier on, and then if you listen to Junior Brother, they're both, I think there's a bang of Irish off both of them. They're completely different acts. And they're, they like, they they could fit in kind of any number of boxes. Um, and that's the beauty of it. I think people have always said, oh, as long as I've been involved in music anyway, people have always said, oh, the Irish music industry is as strong as it's ever been. Uh, all the bands are amazing. And I, I haven't agreed with it a lot of the time, but I agree with it now. Um, I think I think a lot of it is becoming more fluid in you'll see different types of bands playing on the, on the same bill. You'll see new collaborations opening up, one-off uh, gigs like Loa and Bantam yes, did a gig in the, in Dublin a few days ago for the Fringe Festival like, that's a really exciting collaboration we had Katie Key, Kim and Indy Arcus and Rady Pete a traditional singer last year just shows you how how mixed up it all is and I think that it's going through a golden era at the moment and I presume like everything else it'll go up and it'll go down but I can see that the interest just for managing Evagabond and Cuivina as well just has an album out with Thomas Bartlett from The Gloaming that's, they're playing it sounds from say fabulous weekend and that's that's Gloaming or a traditional band and this album is like a contemporary music album and it's by two of the same artists and like a, a classical piano player and a traditional fiddle player it's incredible um, maybe it's the internet maybe it's uh, people having access to lots of influences I'm not really sure but I think the listener definitely is up for another exciting few years with Irish music and if I can showcase a small bit of that I quite like then then it's doing its job. Long may it last and long may quiet lights last. We'll go back now to some more tunes from the lineup. We have Lowly with single Colourless. I'm delighted that you're playing a lot of the, the local acts, uh, Mike, because that's kind of, you can book all the big acts for the big shows, but like it's the local acts that keep the scene going and it's the local acts that will be the big acts in a few years' time. So to have 
slowly on a on a triple bill with uh, Lemoncello and Rosanotti is is pretty exciting as well. That's in the round. The and tickets are actually flying up for that one already. That's going to be packed. So um, I approached uh, again. This would be not necessarily folk and trad, not at all. But you can see why she fits perfectly in with it because she has classical influences. Uh, there's definitely a pop sensibility and there's also a folk sensibility. So that would be a great gig and that's a great tune as well. So thanks for saying that one. There's not a whole bunch more that can be said about our next act either that you haven't already said, but Ye Vagabonds with Lowlands of Holland. Thanks a million, uh, Mike. That's uh, that's actually my favourite tune of theirs. It's, um, it's an incredible it's an incredible song and uh, the lads are very proud of their interpretation of it and I just love listening to it. So that's a great choice of tune. Well done. We'll hear from the Brothers Madeline momentarily, but first, this is Lowly with Colourless here on Red on Red. Oh, mm-hmm. 
Oh, 
This is Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast, and we're going to take a quick preview now of some of the already announced headline acts for Quiet Lights Festival happening November 22nd to 24th at venues across Cork City. A massive lineup of folk, traditional and not so traditional music happening up and down the lineup for the second iteration of the festival happening this year. Proceedings are opening up on November 22nd at St. Peter's, the former Vision Centre on North Main Street, as Cormac Begley and Liam O'Connor, a fiddle and concertina duo coming together after massive solo success with both of their debut albums, reeling in multiple five-star reviews and reflecting very well on a long and extended musical family history. That's happening at St. Peter's on November the 22nd. To say nothing, of course, of their victory at the inaugural RTE1 Folk Music Awards last year. Later on that same Friday at the Triscoll Christchurch at the top of South Main Street is Peter Broderick, an American-born multi-instrumentalist and singer coming all the way from Oregon, bringing with him a flavour of his home city's indie and folk scene with just a little bit of Scandinavian flavour from his time spent with Denmark, including collaborations with bands like Efterklang. That's happening on Friday, 22nd of November. Tickets are flying out. Meanwhile, happening across town at the chapel at Griffith College Cork, which was a lovely venue last year. I I was there in attendance for the Rady Pete and Katie Kim collaborative show, and it was absolutely stunning. Uh, Is an appearance from Ye Vagabonds, as we mentioned earlier on in the show, making giant steps after inking a deal with Rough Trade and lending their weight to proceedings for the second annual Quiet Lights Festival. Also joined by Breed Chambul, who's a label mate of theirs on the Riverly sub-label of Rough Trade. The two of them coming together in a show of the power of independent labels and independent music in 2019. Over in Cove that same night on Friday, 22nd of November, is an appearance at the Serious Arts Centre from Sun Collective, chamber folk music drawing from orchestral and jazz backgrounds with influence from contemporary classical and pop music. This, of course, following the release of their debut album in 2017, the recipient of a four-star review in the Irish Times and leading them to appearing at, among other things, the People Festival happening last year in Berlin at the Funkhaus alongside Stargaze, Lisa Hannigan, Big Red Machine and other indie and folk dignitaries. To round things off for the Friday night, 22nd of November is the aforementioned Clonakilty double bill at Collins, Eve Clegg and Mida Houlihan, both off the release last year of wonderful extended players coming together after having done a couple of collaborative days together around West Cork to lend their innovation and their DIY spirit to festival proceedings. The Saturday continues with an early enough old gig. The chapel sessions happening at the chapel venue, oddly enough, in Griffith College, Cork, on the city's north side, featuring appearances from the likes of Maya Sophia, Elaine Malone, Crevice, Mantua, and all the Brave Hunters 
among others yet to be announced. An absolutely fantastic lineup happening in an absolutely beautiful and ethereal sounding venue. Definitely one to be looked forward to. Across the road then from the Griffith College Cathedral that night at 8pm on Saturday, November 23rd is the triumphant appearance of Dublin folk miscreants Lancome just before the release of their third LP, The Live Long Day. Of course, its first single, uh, The Wild Rover, has just released to massive success. One of the real success stories of the trad and folk revival as we were talking about before the jump with a reverential and respectful approach to source material while prioritising musical innovation. Of course, this isn't their first dalliance with Live at St. Luke's and it's going to be incredible to see them in that live surround on Saturday, November 23rd. Tickets, of course, on sale for this and many other events as part of Quiet Lights happening on uticket.ie. And because clashes couldn't necessarily be avoided, across town at half eight that same night is a triple bill of songwriters happening across at Plugged Records. Rosa Nutty, Lemoncello and Loli providing three different angles on classical and traditionally influenced contemporary singer-songwriting. In among all of the action, the bustle, the hoi polloi and the yet-to-be-announced events for Quiet Lights Festival is a wonderful afternoon event for Sunday. We have Anamika, fresh off the release of her debut album, Idle Mind, available now on bandcamp.com as well as for orders on CD and vinyl. Of course, bringing together singer-songwriting new with expertise across guitar and Greek Pazuki, an absolutely incredible musician whose creative vision is the perfect fit for a festival like Quiet Lights. Happening over at the Kino at half five as part of the proceedings then on the Sunday is an appearance from Junior Brother. Wouldn't be his first appearance now in the Cork area over the next couple of months, but, you know, he's one of those performers who bring together the kind of Irish folk themes and a little bit of the English folk tradition in terms of musicality and arrangement is not one of those artists that you're going to be happy seeing just once. That's kicking off at 5 o'clock inside of the Kino. And to finish up proceedings, the Sunday night, 8pm, tickets 12 quid, you have Rosie Plain of This Is The Kit, closing things off, an absolutely fantastic singer-songwriter. I've been lucky enough to witness This Is The Kit in person, playing at an absolutely packed out Cypress Avenue. So to see Rosie Plain playing solo in the environs of Collins, and of course, it's going to be a squeeze. So, you know, Collins gigs in general for Quiet Lights Festival, you know, you're advised to get in early. Grab your tickets over at collins.ie or quietlights.net. We'll go back now to some more tunes and we'll hear a little bit from Jonathan Pearson ahead of the event. We have Maya Sophia with most recent single, Edie Sedgwick, playing as part of the chapel sessions, as mentioned earlier. One of the real kind of breakout solo artists of the last couple of years from the Irish DIY scene. A distinct and strong voice from rural Galway via the worldly experience of London. And because we couldn't possibly leave him off any podcast to do with Quiet Lights, we have Junior Brother with Crowd Pleaser Hungover at Mass. We'll hear that one momentarily, but first, this is Maya Sophia with Edie Sedgwick here on Red on Red.
Junior Brother with Hungover at Mass, a real-life favourite from the Kerry Folk Troubadour. This is Red on Red, and just before we take it home for this week's episode, Jonathan Pearson, we've spoken in detail about the upcoming Quiet Lights Festival happening November 22nd to 24th. Tickets for individual events happening at venues all over Cork City are available now at quietlights.net. Johnny, the microphone is yours for any last-minute plugs, shout-outs, hexes, shopping lists, anything that you want to air. It's all yours. Nice one. Um, no, I just want to say thanks to, be, 
to the, the general scene in Cork, which has made Quiet Lights happen for the last two years, because it, it, it wouldn't simply wouldn't otherwise. Um, I'm talking about the lads up in St. Luke's, uh, Adele and Hassey and Collins, uh, like the gang in St. Peter's, Griffith College give me that chapel, is ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, all the sound engineers, people such as yourself, who, who, who give me a platform to talk about it, I all the audience who come, all the artists who play. I mean, it's an incredible little scene we have here, and I genuinely mean it. I think people say, oh, you know, it wouldn't happen at the venues. Like, it really wouldn't. They do far more than what I do. I'm just, put the program in and then they facilitate it and they'll all go out of their way this, this year like they did last year and um, that's where the strength lies in, in in cork and in ireland in general and long may it last i think suddenly cork has a much better choice of venues than it did before i think it could still do with a few but i spend you know most of my time in dublin and dublin's like eating itself from within god moment. yeah this and, week and, like that that hasn't really happened in cork yet i really hope it doesn't um, but it's it can, it's a bit scary to be somebody involved in music in Dublin at the capital, and usually stuff happens there a year or two before it happens down in Cork. So I mm. bloody hope it doesn't happen there. But um, I think we have a very strong community of artists, musicians, facilitators, media, and I'm really, really chuffed to have them all on board because they're all brilliant people. And um, it'll be a bit colder this year. It was in September last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in November this year because, I, you know, Sounds from the Harbour is on in September and that's an amazing festival. So I wanted to give that a bit of breathing space, give people time to recover and hear new music again. And um, yeah, it's on November 22nd to 24th. It's all up on quietlights.net. Um, aside from all the amazing Irish acts, I do have Peter Broderick and the Triscoll. Brilliant um uh, American singer-songwriter from Portland, Oregon and I have Rocky Plain um, of This Is The Kit fame doing the closing show in Collins. She's a brilliant uh, British uh, singer-songwriter. So they're the two internationals this year. There's a conversation strand to be announced and there's one or two other little little small things to be announced. But everything else that will be announced will be free. So hopefully if you're wandering around the city during Quiet Lights will now be something that you can wander in at 5pm for the opening concert Cormac Begley and, and Liam O'Connor and you can stay in town until Sunday at midnight and there'll be something to do at all hours of the day so there'll be talks conversations workshops all that during the day and then as the afternoon wears on into the evening there'll be there'll be tunes to be spent and uh, I'm really looking forward to it thanks you- a million to you as well Mike for uh for doing this podcast and for getting over 80 episodes in they're all brilliant I really appreciate it I do and everybody else involved in the in the scene does thanks a million ah sure here no you, flattery will get you everywhere Quiet Lights Festival a community <laughs> organised festival bringing together the best of Irish and international folk trad and all of the post-genre weird Venn diagrams that follow. You absolutely love to see it. That's all for this week's episode of Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast from Red FM and redextra.ie. Thank you very much to Johnny Pearson for joining us this episode. Thanks a million, Mike. Appreciate it. Thanks a bunch. And thank you very much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please take the time to subscribe and leave a review on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Every subscribe, every rate, every share, every mention on social media helps us extend our reach and helps us spread the gospel of DIY music in Cork City. And please be sure to check out the artists featured online or at an upcoming gig. And if you'd like more Irish tunes, please be sure to listen into Green on Red on Sunday nights with Alan O'Donovan for the best of all that is Irish on Cork's Red FM 104 to 106. Jonathan, we're going to leave it with Endless Bliss by Crevice. 
taken from their in heart tape on Fort Evil Fruit. That's amazing, man. Yeah, that's a good that's a good tune to finish up on. Um, they're a group of three absolute superstars that do loads of different stuff in many different guises. There's not much to be said. I think the best thing is to just press play and people can hear how absolutely brilliantly strange they are. We'll do it right now. This is Crevice with Endless Bliss. This has been Red on Red and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you.
water and and, and plants to take to, to take into himself as in a dream every element of nature like 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 flowers that breathe with, with the waxing Red on Red.